Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 118, The Book Show. Today's show is brought to you by Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations, teaching families and individuals how to care for themselves with natural healing skills. Mm. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic in Eugene, Oregon, and we are open on Sundays from 12 to 4. We also accept donations as we are 501c3, occupy-medical.org. And Hunter Creation Graphic Design and Website Design, where their motto is, yes, they can do that, or yes, we can do that. Um, They do brochures, business cards, banners, you name it. You can print on it, they can get it done for you. Uh, Reach them at um, thehuntercreation.com. And our fourth one is Ace High Heat Graphics. If you need custom imprinted shirts for your group or organization, give them a, a shout at acehighheatgraphics.com. Anything big, guys, that are happening that's coming up? Oh, there's a big conference coming up. There's a big conference coming up December 2nd and 3rd. Uh, if you are in Eugene or you want to head to Eugene for this this conference, everybody should head down to all, Eugene. All it's going to be awesome. All people. It's What's called that name? Decolonizing Natural Medicine, Increasing Access for Holistic Health for All. And it is, it's a pretty inexpensive one. And their principle is that healthcare is a right, not a privilege. And they talk about different marginalized folks and how to work with people. It's, it's keyed towards people that are herbalists or healthcare providers that want to just expand the field of medicine and natural natural health in general. So the there's a Saturday conference and a Sunday conference and you can have both of them together. So the Saturday one is that's the one I'm speaking at. And that's the see ranges from forty dollars to seventy five dollars. That's one of those uh sliding scale sliding scale. scale. Yeah. And then the Sunday one that's Herembra is teaching that. And there's that's an all day one as well. I think there's only two teachers on that one and that was a uh, thirty five to sixty five or you can do both days, $125, and it's coming up uh, November 27th. You can get both of those for that low, low cost. So up to after the 27th of November, which is coming up really fast, then the price is going to go up. So jump in there quick, and there are some scholarships. So please check on the website, which is zanya.org, Z-A-N-I-Y-A-N. Dot org. Right. All right. And uh, socially, follow us on Facebook. Like us there. We have over 3,700 likes now. Getting up there. Climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pinterest as well. You can um, Instagram, Instagram. Uh, hashtag The Practical Herbalist. And also like our page, I guess, right? Yeah. At yeah. The Practical Herbalist. We have an actual Instagram gallery. It's Aww. small. It's small. A I little to, gallery. You have to remember like to do that too. coastal gallery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're getting there, though. Yep. We also have a YouTube page. Yeah, I was we just going to mention that. Yep. We have some videos on that, and please subscribe to that because we try to put things up seasonally as they as they come up. Just have our little phones there and have quick videos of that, and we also have a little more more complicated ones like our medicinal tree walk one uh, mm-hmm. and a couple of other different things on there, um, some instructional ones on individual herbs like lemon balm and nettle and there's a pretty good range there, so don't miss out. Just subscribe. It's yes, fun. on YouTube, you can support us by liking, subscribing, and sharing. Please do. Oh, yes. All three. Three tastes in one. And last thing is the Herbal Nerd Society. Uh, make sure that you, if you want more and deeper uh, information on herbs and extra podcasts and things that we do, that's where you would find that. And for as low as, I think it's 17 cents a day if you buy a full year, 
you have access to all of that, all of the old podcasts and all of the extended interviews that we have with people. Yes, or, or the Let's specials. Talk series. Yeah. We've got some cool topics coming up for this next year. I'm excited. And even today, you know, we've got this book show. We're going to be doing all these cool book stuff, but, you know, there's not time for all the books. Right. So what are we going to do? We're going to put that for the Herbal Nurse Society members. They get the extra. So join today. All right. On with the show. According to traditional Chinese medicine, winter is a time for rest and introspection. Herbalists sorely need a break from the activity of falls, harvest, and root digging. The season is perfect for digging into a good book. Today we're talking about our favorite books for rest and introspection and herbal inspiration. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. All right, guys. Here we go. The annual, annual book show. It's the annual book the show. Annual yes. Second, Patrick second Patrick time. gets excited about this one because it's a holiday season show and it opens up the holidays every year. Yep. Well, for three years. Well, for this three is years. third year. Yeah, three just years. one more reason to sit on the couch under a snuggly blanket. I can always come up with a good book. Yes. Always. Well, you did a great job of supplying us with books this oh, year. We have a big stack. Yes. We have a big it's stack. It's intimidating. Where do you want to get started, uh, Sue? All right. Let's start with this one. Kathy Cavill, which you and I had the honor of hearing Meeting. speak. Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah, she's a super nice gal. And I was glad that you were the one that found this. So I'm yes. going to let you take the... It is The Aromatherapy Garden by Kathy Cavill. And it is about growing fragrant plants for happiness and well-being. Oh. That sounds like a lovely Vanna who can, White who intro. Who can say no to that? Yep. This book, I've I've been looking at this book. I've been looking at this book for quite a while. I kept you know, coming back to it and thinking, oh, I should, I should pick it up. I should pick it up. And then I finally just did. So is it just all good smelling plants? It is just over half of the book is monographs on wonderfully smelling plants, plants that can contribute in a myriad of ways to your garden. Mm -hmm. And it includes things like sage, which, Mm -hmm. you know, medicinal, we know, and, you know, roses, rock rose, primrose, those ones are used in flower essences. Daphne, I saw that in there. Yep. And it also includes things like lily of the valley that we don't normally think of as directly as medicine, right? Right. It's a pretty and, hardcore medicine yeah. control internally. Harlequin yeah. glory bower. I've seen that one grow it's a before. Gorgeous plant. It is beautiful. Yes. It's weird as heck. I yes. don't know if that one's actually like I haven't read. There's a lot of this one. I'm I'm just digging into it, so I'm just beginning to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and different but, smells like you just turn to the curry. Yeah, one, the which curry. Is like, curry. Oh yeah, plant. that is very fragrant. Yes, yes, it is. And it's again, not floral. It's not one that we think about as herbalists as being. Oh, curry plant is an herb mm-hmm. that we will use for healing some illness. Right, but yet. It it is. So she talks Bring about it, so. not only the ways that you would grow them, but yes. also the things that they are good for. She and talks. She history. talks. A, she talks a little bit about like the history of fragrance gardens and and using aromatherapy in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just essential oils as we do today, but aromatherapy that goes back more into the roots of like the monastic gardens and ancient Greek civilization when they planted gardens specifically for their healing. Like you sick people go into the garden and just sit mm-hmm. and they breathe in the air and that is healing to them. Hmm. So she talks about, you know, going all the way back to that. And then about, she gives a lot of advice on how to put together themed gardens, themed oh, fragrance, yeah. you know, fragrance themes and groupings, how to artistically plan your plantings, like 
you know, colors. Oh, I'm so terrible you know, at that. that sort of thing. She also talks about pollinators and how they interact, you know, how the fragrance of the garden by planting, she says, by planting an aromatherapy garden with a lot of these fragrant plants, mm-hmm. you end up driving away the problematic insects and pests and drawing to yourself the pollinators like the bees and the hunting, hummingbirds and the beetles that are the positive ones hmm. you know, that are helpful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she says that in her garden, she never gets aphids, for instance, even when, you know, the rest of the neighborhood is plagued with them because her garden has all the different plants and the aromas and the scent itself is just does a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, it's a really cool book. Yeah. It's a beauty. Yes. Really this has pretty. been my, of late, I have to admit, I'm only partway through it because it's been my bedside reading of late. I'm already getting, starting to think about next year's garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a gorgeous one. Yeah, Patrick's over there grimacing about next year's oh. garden already. <laughs> you know, I like being in the garden. I don't like making the garden. I have to be right. honest. Uh, <laughs> I like both. But I could see this as a really good gift for somebody that is not necessarily an herbalist, yes. but really just enjoys being out there and and wants to get started in it or is already like this would be a great one for my mother yes you know when she was alive she would have enjoyed that because she she loved being out and and digging around in her garden and was always looking for ways to improve it yeah she would have loved it just beautiful yeah part of why i chose it was because it's it's good for herbalists but it's also good for people who just love gardening just love gardening yep so we've got oh let's dig into this pile here do we want to Go to this one next. This is uh, a book that we have talked about before. And in fact, we had the honor of interviewing the author, Rosalie de la Forêt. And the name of it is Alchemy of Herbs. Transform everyday ingredients into food and remedies that heal. Yeah, um, this was... It's pretty. It's yeah. a pretty book. It's, yeah, it's a pretty book. And it's also a really wonderful and easy introduction or step into herbalism, especially right. if you're a beginner or if you're intimidated by trying to figure out how to make herbs a part of your daily life. Right. Because there's a lot of recipes. There she is. has recipes for every single herb. Yes. And that's really nice because I know a lot of people that have, oh, I saw this and I know that it's medicinal. Now, what do I do with it? Right. right. Yeah, exactly. I've got a whole bunch of it now. What do I do what, what now? Or yeah. they don't even know how to harvest it or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a, you, you just get to know these plants a little at a time. So yeah. And you can, you can get, we're not going to spend a ton of time on that one in part because we've got two shows on that. We got two shows on it and yeah. you know, check out our book review on it. Yep. Show 88 and show 89 plus the book review. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, we've got a lot of information on that one. It's a good book. And show 88 and show 89, I believe, might be getting close to being archived. Okay, so you want to check out those soon if you're not an Herbal Nerd Society member or you just want to join the society. Right. You know, that works too. Yeah, join join the Herb Society. You can check out all those older ones. And also you can enjoy the Alchemy of Herbs whilst you listen to Rosalie DeFore talk about what it was like to write that book yeah and talk about things in a book so exactly super nice so we've got another one here and this is this is an oldie but goodie oh yes so this book i've used a lot this year in particular and i trend with my books like i yeah. when i first bought this i was super excited about it and, and read through it and i don't think that i really had the background to work with it adequately it's called the fungal pharmacy 
Complete Guide to Medicinal Mushrooms and Lichens of North America. It's by Robert Rogers, and he is an herbalist. And I was excited when I saw it because there are so many different mushrooms that I recognized, and I had taken a, a, a weekend class on on uh, medicinal mushrooms. So I was nice. super excited oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. It came out, I can't exactly recall. I'll have to look at it. You can hear the pages turn, listeners. This one's in 2011, and but this year I really started digging into it because I have a lot more context now that I've worked with it a lot more. And then yeah. working with the Cascade Mycological Society, these things just made sense in my head. So it's yeah. a very, very sciencey book, but uh, I found just having it helped me get a better understanding of medicinal mushrooms and lichens in general. So that would be an excellent book for folks who are a little bit more advanced or who are super into the science or biochemistry of herbs, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. And particularly mushrooms. And he goes he goes really into a lot of detail um, culturally about how some of these mushrooms have been used. And then he has some studies um, that he talks about. And it's a really nice diversity of mushrooms. And I know a lot of this information is... Um, just because of the the field of fun, uh, medicinal Mycology. fungi is yeah. mushrooming, uh, that <laughs> a lot of it's antiquated. Right. But gosh, it doesn't mean it's not it's not usable. It just right. means that there's a lot more that you can find out about it. I have noticed in looking on the internet about medicinal mushrooms that there's not a lot of published studies. On them, I know they're out there, but it's really hard to access them. Yeah, you need so, to look. In, you need to look you to need China. You need to be to honest. China, you need to yep. look to China if you really want to find those. Right, and I've tried doing the translate Google Translate thing. Not so. Good. Oh, what a disappointment! Yeah, that doesn't work very well. Yeah, it's yeah. like a dictionary <laughs> had the hiccups. It's yeah. just horrible. So yeah, the fungal pharmacy definitely That's recommend excellent. that. And then our next book here, uh, the ketogenic kitchen. Low carb, high fat, extraordinary health by Dominique Kemp and Patricia Daly. Patrick, this is one of my picks, and the reason being is I, if you've watched anything in the you know in the news and you know social media and that you're gonna people are talking about being on a keto diet or yeah, being keto or going keto, going keto, and really what Mm -hmm. they're saying is they're they're dropping all of their carbs or many most 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 of them. Yeah. And then, you know, focusing on um, vegetables. Uh, but the biggest thing is uh, higher fat content. And yeah. what I liked about this book is it splits it into two sides. One is a ketogenic diet for the average person. So it's kind of like 80% keto so that the um, diet is a little bit more. It's like a low carb diet. It's yeah. It's a little carb. more forgiving. No processed yeah. sugars. Right. No processed sugars. Mm-hmm. You still, there's still the tenets of like a keto diet, no processed sugars, for instance, right. no, um, you avoid rice and those types of things because they're simple sugars right? Um, and your body converts them really quickly for energy. And the idea with, with um, ketosis is that you're going to, you're going to put your body in a place where it's using energy from its stored energy, stored mm-hmm. fats, et cetera. But again, I like this because it's divided in two parts. One part is for the everyday living. And the other part is if you want to go full ketogenic for uh, larger health reasons, for instance, cancer, type 2 diabetes, epilepsy, other things. But the biggest thing I liked about this book is a lot of the diet books will tell you about the diet, but they don't tell you how to cook for it. Right. Yeah. The recipes kind of suck if they give you any at all. This book is 90% recipes 
in 10 to 15 percent well 10 percent can't be 15 yeah. but 10 percent <laughs> of like deep distilled down information about mm-hmm. the diet but the rest of its recipes and how to make that part of your life and most books and diet books don't do that they give you a token recipe or two but they don't do what this one does mm-hmm. one of the things i really liked about the the ketogenic kitchen was that in 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 both sides, but especially in the second half where it's where you're seriously, you're serious about being ketogenic. They also talk about things like, and for your kids, recipe such and such from the front half of the book adds a little bit more carbs for them. And, you know, other family members who don't want to be full keto, mm-hmm. it helps you adjust so that you can do that extra recipe for them, mm-hmm. but not for you. And yet everybody's happy. So mm-hmm. it's, That's it nice. kind of, it has a lot of very practical suggestions for helping your family deal with the fact that you're now going ketogenic. Right. You know, right. <laughs> so. or that you're cooking for somebody that that's not really, they have to have it. Uh, the first time I was introduced to ketogenics was in the nineties mm-hmm. and it was for uh, epilepsy. Yeah. So they're really, you know, and then they're showing a lot of children were, were responding well to the ketogenic diet and then it's just expanded diabetes and yeah, different diet. things like that. It's, it's essentially, it, it works at creating an anti-inflammatory diet. Mm-hmm. So arthritis and yeah. things like that would help with it. Yeah. And there's research on it helping um, conditions like MS and other neurolo- neurological ones, diabetes, cancer. And I can't remember offhand if there were any other big ones. Crohn's disease, I believe, is one of the ones mm-hmm. that they talk about it helping. Um, but I can't remember what. Well, you, there's you like said, a long list of them. Right, but you, did you not? Did you say that in the second part of that was a, it's an anti-inflammatory diet? Yes, okay. yes, yeah, and I and I mean, really, science is currently starting to think or starting to point to the fact that inflammation is kind of the root cause of all dis- major disorders. Mm. Or it's a piece. It may not be the cause, but it comes in conjunction with major mm-hmm. disorders. So if you can eliminate the inflammation, you go a long way toward helping either prevent or eliminate the disorder, mm-hmm. or at least bring the body back into more balance. Right. So yeah. for that reason, the ketogenic kitchen looked like a good one. Yeah. And it's a, another nice, uh, attractive book. Yeah, it's it was really easy. Wonderful. And the recipes were really good. We've tried a bunch of them and they're they're really tasty. Well, yeah. that's good for a that, recipe book. And, well, they're, and right. they're surprisingly, I mean, you know, from a family that is used to, you know, half your plate is starchy carbs of one sort or another. We grew up in the meat and potato, you know, Midwest of right. meat and potatoes and farm and country and all of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that we kind of looked at this and said, oh, it's going to be not very satisfying. But the truth is that if you're cooking the way they're suggesting, it actually, you walk away satisfied. Nice. Which was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Know? Who knew? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep working with that one. Oh, good. That's good to have things that work. I've got another one here. I'm cranking this thrown through. This is... um how do you do this? The Modern it's... Homesteader's Guide to Keeping Geese okay. by Kristen Lee Nelson or Lai Nelson. Lai yeah. Nielsen. L- I probably mispronounced your name, Kristen. L-I-E. I'm very sorry. Nielsen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is, uh, it does have some color plates in it, but mostly a black and white. It's a smaller book. All the other ones yeah, I think it's a, here are pretty big. Yeah, this one's like 144 pages. Mm-hmm. It's a... We When we did the chicken show last year and we talked about primarily chickens with a little bit about ducks, we did not have anything. We didn't have any real good resources for geese at the time. There's a couple of geese books out there, but mm-hmm. they're big and gnarly and not fun to read. 
They're gnarly books. Yeah. Gnarls. And, and then this book was like a week after we our show aired. Or some very very close to that. So this how book was old published. was Annie the Goose? Annie was um hatching right about the time this book was they're both hatching at the yes. same time exactly right so listeners if you may not have heard this uh patrick and candace have a goose sweet annie sweet annie is her name and she's a little curly sebastopol sebastopol goose yeah. and when and i i have had uh, chickens i grew up with chickens yeah. and i have got chickens and they feel very different than a goose a goose feels like a beanie baby yeah it's just full of sand yes they're really soft and plush and yes even as adults they're soft and plush yes they are <laughs> and they're but goose feet are giant they are very large yes. and they have sharp nails yes. <laughs> yes and they and they slither out of your hands if you're not try. careful they do try very much yes because oh, they're filled with sand so yes well i was well, I was deciding on a goose, on, on adding a goose to my flock. I was watching Kirsten's um, Instagram feed. She's at Hostel Living Valley. I think that's hmm. the name of the feed, if I remember. It's Hostel Living Valley. If you search Hostel Living Valley, you'll find her on Instagram. And so I was watching her feed, and she happens to have a Sebastopol. And I was looking at what, you know, I'd just been watching what she was doing. And I actually, there were, I can't remember what the questions were, but I asked, asked her a couple of questions when Annie first came to stay. And she gave me wonderful answers and was really helpful. Oh, that's good. To and know. so, yeah. So when her book actually was like out and I could get to it, I got myself a copy because it's, it's good. So it it's hostile living, like, like living uh, abrasively or look amongst on, people. Check on the back. Um, hostile Valley living. That's oh, Hostel Valley. Hostel Valley Living. Okay. Oh. Yes. So anyway, she the book is it is very much like a basic chicken keeping book. Obviously it's for geese instead of chickens, mm -hmm. but but it's got, you know, your basic parts. This is how you should, you know, this is what you should look for in getting geese. This is, you know, you're gonna need to brood them, you're gonna need this kind of feed, this is the ratios, right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, got I saw the ratios. Nice and he's got a lot of nice practical information. It talks at one point she has a select, small selection of breeds that she talks about what are they bred for and how will they be likely what are their are they good at for weeding or are they loud or are they friendly <laughs> or you know, is this the attack goose? You right. know? <laughs> so she talks about those kinds of things and talks about the different reasons that people keep geese, like having a watch goose, which mm -hmm. is Annie's primary function is to, you know, watch the flock and make sure everybody's safe. Right. And so that's what we wanted a goose for. But other people may want them to weed their crops or to keep, keep the lawn the yeah. under control. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, that she talks about the different, the different reasons and which breeds are going to be most likely to work well and how many geese you should or shouldn't have and how much space you need for them. All the things you need to know, yep. but it's and, not and how intimidating. To keep them, how to keep them busy and the problems you may run into, like geese wanting to leave the yard and sleep in the middle of the road. Is that a thing? Yes, that was a thing. Oh, I won't okay. spoil it for you on what that was about, but you know, <laughs> that's great. Good idea, goose. Yeah. And nobody wants to piss it off because it's a goose. It's exactly. A mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a nice one. These are some pretty books we got here. And now this monster right here. Huh. This is a book I covet 
It's called the Cook's Illustrated Cook Science, Cook and it's science. a big book, America's Test Kitchen style book. Yep, this is what it is. Hardback. It's got, yeah, it's a big, it's a big hardback book. It's got more than three hundred recipes, and it talks about how to best cook, essentially what techniques and other other ways, whatever your ways and techniques for unlocking the best flavors for right. 50 different ingredients. Now, we first started talking about this book between uh, Pat and Candace and I because I was moaning and groaning. says, I haven't found any really good nutrition books. No, yeah. this was a, a dry year for it. I, I like seeing right. some of these superfood books are nice because they're saying, oh, this – you should eat kale because it's good for you. I'm like, well, well, because of what? Well, because it has this nutrient. Well, tell me more about it. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So I was disappointed. And this one, on the other hand, what are you showing me here? Focus the ginger. on ginger. Oh. And it's got like the chemical structure. Oh. It, but it, oh. it, everything they're talking about, I mean, they get into the sciencey stuff, but they make it enjoyable to read if nice. you're not a super sciencey person. Right. So it's not like you have to be geeking out on biochemistry to enjoy this book. Right? But it is geek no. friendly. And the nice thing about it too is that, you know, it's amazing that one ingredient can have 10 different flavors depending on how you prepare it. I mean, that's the like the key to Indian cooking. It is. It is. is. You know, whether you fry the, spe- the seasoning beforehand or you roast them beforehand or grind it or not. Or, you know, grind it, it or yeah. fresh. It's just, I mean, you know, there's so many ways to pull flavor out of it. And this book, end up changing it to the the chemistry side of it plus you know it's got good mm-hmm. recipes and yeah. with cooks you know, typically their recipes are worked out if, if, yeah. if, you, if you do it by their step by step you will be successful yeah. I, right. i've never yeah. never had a failure from a cook's recipe because and if i did it was because i didn't do something right Oh, you blame right. yourself. That's very responsible. Yeah. Yeah, I got to blame. Well, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, truthfully, it's what adults it's do, right. people. It's yeah. right. Like when 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 the shortbread didn't turn out great, I was like, "What's going on, Patrick?" And he's like, "Well, I used the flat oats instead of the rolled, or I used the rolled oats, the steel cut oats instead of the flat ones because I couldn't find the flat ones." And I'm like, "Yeah, you can taste the difference. Mm-hmm. It actually made Would a difference. That be a lesson to you, sir. Yeah, yeah right. And I noticed, so yeah. that's impressive. And it well, says something to the general <laughs> public now." Fair, turning steel cut oats to flour was really difficult. That was really hard. Without a grain mill. But the sad part was that we had oats in three different spots that were the flat oats. We had a little baggie of them in one spot. I had a quart jar, glass jar that's partially filled for specifically, those oats are for turning into flour for shortbread. Yeah. And then I had the actual like... The Quaker, Quaker guy oat guy. At me in the, in the right. pantry. Oh, I've had that. I've had that. Yeah. Hey, well, sometimes when right you're cooking, you're so you're so tired too. Like yeah. there's several times when I put that thing on the on the shelf myself. Right. You know, and I'll, it's the end of Just you know, like, I'm no. coming home from work and I stare at the covers. I can't even. Where? Where? <laughs> I can't see it. But yeah, back to this book yeah. uh, that I liked. I like it when people tell me why. And this yes. is a whole book of why. Yes. So the that is something I really appreciate. And they do have some stuff on nutrition, but mostly it's on um, chemistry of the chemistry. The plants yeah, chemistry and, and technique. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how does the technique change the chemistry? Yeah. And why do we care? Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. <laughs> so how to unlock flavor in fifty of our favorite ingredients? And they say they got over three hundred recipes in here engineered 
for mm-hmm. success. Engineer. Well, yeah. they are. I mean, like, I don't know if they have their pie recipe in there because that's usually one of the ones where they'll talk about science, but um, they use vodka. As the what? Or pie. I know. Yeah. Excuse me? It's radical. That's yeah. what happened to all my tinctureing vodka. Yeah. I mean, all those pies. <laughs> well, they're putting it in the pie filling or the crust? No, no, the crust. The crust. What? In the crust. Yeah, because I know, right? Because it's okay. Okay. The water, the water, mm-hmm. the water creates the gluten, the, mm-hmm. the and the pie crust. Mm-hmm. And what you're always going for is that crispy, flaky pie crust. Right. Well, the vodka, the alcohol. What happens to alcohol in the air? It evaporates. evaporates. Mm-hmm. So the amount of water left over is much lower percentage than it would be if you use straight up water. So, so you, you still just get... put like you would with a. Uh putting vinegar and things instead you're putting the uh, like a teaspoon or a tablespoon of alcohol in it well in this case the vodka is this is a substitute for the water so mm-hmm. three or four tablespoons but there's no alcohol left in the pie crust and yeah because it, it evaporates mm-hmm. and you cook it off yeah oh my goodness you're freaking me out so but, but by their but <laughs> by their science right yeah you have this volume of liquid that you're right. you're uh, kneading your you're making your pie dough with mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you know Fifty percent of it's going to disappear, and what you're left with is butter, flaky awesomeness. Wow! Mm-hmm. All right, but well, tis the season. It worked okay. Right? Yeah, it I mean, okay. I've done it. I haven't. I haven't done that recipe because I just never want to sacrifice vodka. For that. <laughs> right, so, that's very true. But, well, if it doesn't work out, you can just suck on the ball of dough and see if that helps out. Right? Yeah. Right. In the glass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Talking about sciencey sort of stuff. Science. We have the Modern Herbal Dispensatory, a medicine-making guide from Thomas Easley and Stephen Horn. Yes. And we've talked about this one before as well. We have shows 82 and 83, in fact. We're specifically devoted to the Modern Herbal Dispensatory. Yes. And we, because we got to interview Thomas Easley, which was super fun. Yes. He has a wonderful appreciation and admiration for science as well as energetic and traditional medicine making. And he melds them together beautifully. I know it's a good thing for you and I, because that's, that's our blending too, but he's got the, the blending of our brains into one brain, which is I know. He's a genius. Creepy, he's he kind a of a genius. Yeah. yeah. Well, people that agree with us are clearly geniuses. Obviously. Yeah. Duh. Science. <laughs> All right, but yeah, we so we have a book review for that one, and that is on our website. And always remember, guys, if you want to buy some, just look, follow the link that we have on our website, and then at no cost to you, then you are supporting the Practical Herbalist when you are shopping on Amazon. Yes, because we are Amazon affiliates. We are Amazon affiliates. Yes. So yes, we really liked that one. I think one of the things that I appreciated about it also um, his monographs were or light they're very small they are they're actually very focused just on the pieces that you need to make these herbs into medicine to use them as medicine and they don't he doesn't go into any more depth on 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 them as monographs really but it's his and and those are those are fine for for but it's his formulas that i appreciated yeah i really like the formulas and then you know i've done the medicine making thing for Decades and decades. So yeah. there were still some things that I looked at and went, oh, I didn't think of it that way. But mostly yeah. I felt like it was, for me personally, his formulas. Yeah, the formulas I liked. I ended up starting using percolation style um, tincture making because of this book. 
And I ended up taking the art of modern medicine, art and science of modern medicine making. It's his medicine making course. Oh, right. I ended up taking that with that. And that course isn't designed around this book, but it uses, he references this book frequently. And you can certainly read the book without it, which I did. Yeah. And then I was intrigued and decided to go further and took the course too. Rosalie offers a course also that is in conjunction. I think hers is a... um, Video course, video oh, webinar right. course, like a webinar style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a cool one. All right, we got two more here, All right. guys. Bok bok. This bok, bok, on, bok, on bok, chickens. Bok, bok, bok. The Chicken Health Handbook: A Complete Guide to Maximizing Flock Health and Dealing with Disease. This is by Gail Damro, who has also written, uh, and this is the book I have of hers, is The Story Guide to Raising Chickens. Yes. Yeah, I've got that one too, mm-hmm. I think. Or maybe, no, I think I was borrowing You were yours. borrowing it from me. Yeah. yeah. So this is the, the second edition is what we have in our hands here. And it's all just on health conditions for chickens. Yeah. And the reason that I thought we should include this one is that especially if you are, if you have a larger flock, like more than just three or four birds, and especially if you're like a not an urban chicken keeper, but you're out in the country in the rural areas where chickens are have you can have much larger flocks. Yeah, this was is a really well written book for helping you take care of essentially your veterinary needs with chickens. Right, right, um, which can add up. Yes, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, I don't actually have a veterinarian, even avian veterinarian. Mm. So I like to have the more advanced information available Mm -hmm. just in case I pay close attention to my flock and then I'm paying attention to, I know each of them and their habits and you know how they tend to hold themselves. And I pay attention to all of that. If you're not paying attention to that and you notice that something's wrong, a nice big chicken health book like this can help you figure out what to do about it quickly. And uh, for poultry owners or new poultry owners, keep in mind that when one of your chickens gets sick, the likelihood that the rest of them are going to get it yeah. is really high. So yeah. it's better just to nip in the bud and take care of it right yes. away. And I know from being on some of those chicken forums, people say, well, my chicken's got this and I don't know what it is. And you'll see all of these people getting terrible advice. Yeah. You know, they're giving awful diagnoses and like they're not yeah. even asking, well, what area do you live in? Because that right. would let people yeah. know if it's mites or whatever, or right. just like look at the feet or, you know, yeah. like, right. have you actually looked at the chicken, like looked yeah. under the feathers or anything? You know, right. they're not even doing that. And right. this one does. Yes. And so. then the other thing I really liked about the Chicken Health Handbook was because at the beginning, she has a nice, I don't want to say extensive, because I don't know if that's the right word, but she has a nice section on chicken anatomy, the way that, you know, chicken life cycle, what it was, it's veterinary right. sort of, I mean, it's readable, but it's, it's veterinary sort of, you know, understanding how the chicken's health is, what does their skeletal system look like, mm-hmm. you know, so better understanding the, the veterinary aspects of your chicken can really help you better take care of your chickens. Yes. And so for me, like I said, I, I don't have an avian veterinarian. I don't have a, you know, vet, uh, farming practice veterinarian. I'm too small. I'm a little, I'm, I'm an urban farmer. You right, know? Right. So my tiny flock, I can't, I'm not going to be likely to invest the money into taking them to go see a veterinarian. 
So I kind of have to do that duty for them. Yes. So this, this book was a nice all in one. It gives you all of that information. It tells you what nutrients they need and why mm-hmm. and what, you know, what it looks like when they don't have it, what a deficiencies look like. I mean, it's, it's not just for if you've got, have a potential illness in your flock, it's helps you take good care of them mm-hmm. all around. But you know. you know, my favorite chicken internal organ is the air sacs. Oh, okay. Because Why? they're so, that was the, you're saying crazy things look. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is because they're not like lungs. They, okay. they flow in and out of each other. Oh, almost yeah. like these um, two octopuses holding tentacles. Yeah. And they're really <laughs> cool. Just kind of, I, I just think, and they have, and this author has a nice little description of them and how crazy yeah. they are. But yeah, they have air yes. sacs, which are really cool. Mm-hmm. So, and yes. maybe you're just a poultry disease freak. You don't have chickens. You just think that poultry diseases are interesting. Well, they are. So here would be a good good one for you on that. Um, um, Also, that uh, I have a book here. This is our last one, and this is adaptogens. Adaptogens. It's herbs for strength, stamina, and stress relief. And this is by uh, David Winston and Steve Manes. And I think we didn't we talk to him. At the American Herbalist. I think we probably did talk to him. I can't remember. Yeah. At the American Herbalist Guild. These are both really good herbalists. And this is a newer book that they have out. Um, Sometimes when it's on a specific condition, I find that a lot of these books are just filler. There's a lot of filler in it. And this is not the case with this one. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So this one came out uh, in 2007 and... Uh, they not only have a nice uh, materia medica, which is fairly extensive, but it goes right into how the herbs w- work or, or adaptogens work generally on different parts of the body, like uh, cardiovascular health oh, and, nice. um, of course, respiratory brain function, etc. And I think a lot of people, particularly in the herbal field, don't have, even even though they should, they don't really have an idea of how adaptogens work. They're kind right. of throwing that phrase around. I've even heard people say, well, that's just a trendy word and it's not necessarily accurate. And I think that after reading this book, that I have a much better idea of how adaptogens work. And I, it's, it's, to me, it's not a trend. This is just right. us learning better how we interact with plants. Sure. So, Makes you know, sense. we have stress. Yeah, We have stress in our life and these plants help out in a myriad of ways. And it should not be a surprise, particularly to, to herbalists, because our job is to heal systems, yeah. not just like one tiny little condition. Although, you know, first aid and herbs are a well, good yeah. combination yeah. as well. But because uh, there's no pill for clumsiness. No. <laughs> Surprisingly, yep. there's no plant going to help you with that. No, I'm sorry to say. But this one really worked well on um talking in depth about how to use an adaptogen better, nice. which I think is kind of sorely missing in some of these other books that so I have read So they talk about through. it in context with like diet and shifting lifestyle to help right. support the changes that your body needs to make. Yeah. And what happens when you're under stress and some of the other things that we tend to treat things symptomatically. So it's, oh, yes. you're, you have insomnia? Well, here's a plant that will help you go to sleep rather than saying, oh, you have insomnia? Why? Why do you have insomnia? Perhaps it's better instead of just giving, you know, a sedative to give an adaptogen to help the person deal with all of their stress. And certainly since I work in a a free clinic and half of my population is unhoused, stress is just 
that's just the way it is. Right. You know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, honestly, even if you have a house, stress is kind of the way it is. It's right. like everybody is. There's always stress, out. but yeah. naturally for people that don't have a basic need, like access to water, food, and, you know, mm-hmm. their stress is be way beyond what you and I encounter in our life. So yes, it is good for everyone. And yet other people, the marginalized folks, they're going to have a lot more. So for people like me that are help, helping them with their health, I have got, I feel like I'm under an obligation to reread this book so that nice. I can better help the population that I serve. Nice. So that's our that's awesome. our massive pile of books. That is a nice pile so of books. Best thing to do would be to start from the first book and go down and repeat the names and the authors okay. for everybody. Okay. Book one, book two, book three, etc. Okay. So, so the first, do you want to alternate? Sure. In our charming way, because we're so charming. Um, the first book is The Aromatherapy Garden by Kathy Cavill. Then there's Alchemy of Herbs by Rosalie de la Forêt. And then we talked about Fungal Pharmacy, and this was by Robert Rogers. And uh, Ketogenic Kitchen by Dominique Kemp and Patricia Daly. Okay, and then (laughs) we're trying to go through these books one at a time here, because it's a pile. And then we talked about The Modern Homesteader's Guide to Keeping Geese by Kirsten Lee Nielsen. Cook Science by Cooks Illustrated. Mm Mm-hmm. And we then moved into the Modern Herbal Dispensatory, a medicine-making guide by Thomas Easley and Stephen Horn. The Chicken Health Handbook by Gail Damerill. And finally, Adaptogens, Herbs for Strength, Stamina, and Stress Relief by David Winston and Stephen Mayers. And we'll have links to all those books in our show notes. And so that you know, those links are all going to be affiliate links. So they'll help the practical herbalists if you end up buying from us or through us. That'd be great. And remember, if you do do that, any other purchases that day will also uh, be credited to us, which just helps us keep doing this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's why. And uh, also, we're going to be the. I think it's time to announce okay. it now. Now during our um, time here, this is going to be the last show of yes. the year. Yes. This is um, this will be our last uh, one, and then we take kind of a. December, we'll call it a hiatus. We still work, but we're not producing the shows. And uh, we kind of take a little time for family, try to do what we can. And uh, well, in let's be time, honest. I mean, we've got things cooking for next year already. We've got some couple of projects coming up that we'll be unveiling as the new year comes in. And yep. like we, last year, we we took the time off and we came back and we had the Urban Nerd Society. Yeah, that was something new. And all you um, Urban Nerd Society people, there's another stack of books here. Yes, You'll be looking for the Let's Talk About Books episode that will be coming out in December yes, for you. That's right. The show shall continue for them. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to say is that we are going to be launching a kind of curated store on the website. So mm, yeah, That's one stuff, of the secret projects, super secret projects. Well, curated <laughs> store. But, but okay. super secret is more like, well, we're going to try to have a somewhat of a skeleton structure of a store for the beginning of December so people can buy their books through us. Yeah. So anyway, some of that stuff. So um, I guess I would say at this point, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa. Um, I don't know what the... Solstice. Happy Solstice. I mean, I'm not sure what the Jewish one would be. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah, I know I know, I know, know what the holiday is, but with the, you know, it's, it's, what's the is cheer? Is it the Chaim? I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. So We, we wish you a happy winter in whatever way you celebrate it. Yeah, so however you Happiness. celebrate the change of the sun, <laughs> however that goes for you. Longer days are coming. You know, 
There you go. And we'll look forward to talking with you in the new year. Yeah. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.